Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Hey, as we, as we get into the Word, obviously I'm going to talk to you from the perspective of encouraging us as uh, a, a generation that's going before, maybe from a parental perspective. Um, but I want to ask you this question because if you ask this question, um, you, it will elicit all kinds of responses, um, even, even if you ask it in a very nonchalant manner. Uh, some of the time, if you, if you just simply ask somebody, hey, hey, what's that behind you? Have you ever asked that question to somebody and they like absolutely freak out? You know, you're, you're, you're saying, hey, what, hey, what's that behind you? And they're like, you know, and it, it really wasn't anything, but we're often, my point is this, we're very often concerned about what's behind us. Aren't we? As a matter of fact, I'm going to apply a little bit of psychology here. This is nothing. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I don't care where you sit in the house. I'm more concerned that you're in the house. But some of you sit on that back row, not because you're so concerned about seeing everything in front of you, but because you're very concerned about what's behind you. Right? I've been in the restaurant with you. You refuse to sit with your back to the door. You, you refuse to sit with your back to the door because you are keenly concerned and aware of what might be coming up behind you. But then there are some things that are behind us that we really don't pay that much attention to. And today I want to draw your attention to something because there is something behind you. There, there is something behind you, and it's not necessarily something that's in pursuit of you. It's not something that's looking to consume you, but it is the residual of you. Everywhere that you go, and as you pass through this life, you will be leaving something behind you. You're going to be leaving something behind you. And I, my, my aim today is that as we leave this place today, you're as concerned about what you may be leaving behind you as you are what may be coming up after you. That you would have a concern for what's being left behind. So I want to ask you today from a different perspective, what's that behind you? What's that behind you? What, 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 when you take a rearward glance in your life, what is it that you see behind you? Do you see, do you see bitterness? Do you see, do you see anger? Do you see brokenness just, just in tow behind you following you? Or do you see a different testimony? Because here's the thing. You and I are going to leave a legacy of some kind, some description, and basically the, the definition of legacy would be like we would think of it in terms of an inheritance. Your legacy is the testament of your life that is far greater than the physical reach of your life. As a matter of fact, you might think of your, your legacy as your echo. You ever, you ever say words? We've treated this room We've treated this room with sound panels and different things to, to eliminate echo. 
but if you took all of that out of this room, I could say words to you, and long after my mouth ceased to move, you would still hear the words reverberating in the walls. It's an echo. It's, it's something that continues to speak after you've stopped. And your legacy will be the echo of your life. It'll be, it'll be what people hear when, when your memory is rekindled in their hearts, in their minds. It'll be the reflection of your life that is seen after your physical being is gone. And I want to I encourage you today to, to think about and begin, begin considering what's that behind you in relation to the legacy that you're, believe, you're leaving behind. Proverbs chapter 13 says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. First, as a, as first an inheritance is left. Two things in this verse. It's common. It's common. Maybe, maybe you don't have, you know, wads of money stashed away. Maybe you don't have an abundance of material possessions. But can I tell you something? Just because you don't have tangible goods doesn't mean that you're not going to leave something behind you when you go. And the word differentiates here between the legacy left by a good man and a legacy left by the wicked. As a matter of fact, I would, I would be so bold as to suggest to you that your life has been impacted by some people from both sides of that equation. That maybe today you are encouraged and you are compelled by the legacy that has been left before you by a good man. And maybe I could suggest to you today that part of your trauma and part of your turmoil and part of your struggle in life is that you have been impacted by the legacy left by someone who maybe wasn't as godly as they should have been. Maybe somebody who wasn't as selfless as they should have been. Maybe somebody who was a little more narcissistic than they should have been you've been impacted negatively by that and today you live with that legacy and you see the weight the effect of it as I'm talking about it and it brings to light what kind of legacy do you want to leave what kind of legacy do you want to leave have you ever have you ever thought of your life in terms greater than the number of years you have here on this earth Like, what can God do with your life when you are no more? And, and some of you are kind of looking at me because we, we have all these life goals. We have these lifelong goals. But what about goals that extend into eternity? That as, as long, you know, we serve, I say this all the time. And you, you can repeat it, I'm sure. But I, I put this verse in front of you all the time that says that we serve the God of abundantly, exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask or think. Isn't it reasonable to believe that the God of exceeding abundantly above can take your life and mine and do more with it than the parameters of our own lifetime? That... that even when we're gone, there would be a legacy, there would be a testimony of what God did in your life that ministers in the lives of those who come behind. 
That's what I want to talk to you about building today, not just in terms of dollars and cents, but in terms of morality, devotion, dedication, commitment. What kind of legacy will you leave? You know, there, there are great examples of legacy in the Bible. There are these preserved historical accounts uh, of some of the most amazing and exemplary lives we read Hebrews chapter 11 we're all familiar with that or you should be if you're not go home read Hebrews chapter 11 and and just read the names and the feats that are mentioned there and it evokes in us feelings of faith and boldness and spiritual fortitude why because you and I receive from a legacy and inheritance that was left in the lives of those great people 2,000 years ago that's what I'm saying about having a vision for our lives that expands beyond our lifetime. What, what happens when we read about Abraham? What happens when we read about Sarah? What happens when we read about Moses and, and Gideon and, and all of these people? What happens? It incites faith in us to have heard the testimony of their lifetime. We could, we could talk about contemporaries today. We, we speak about Abraham, Moses, Samson, and Joseph. My goodness, think about Joseph. We talked about Joseph last week. Uh, faithful to God's call, a deliverer among his people, and a prophet to his nation. Here, let me, let me, let me just illustrate this point of having a, a vision that's grander than your lifetime. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 25, it says, and Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Joseph left such a powerful legacy among the Hebrew people that it was 400 years later. 400 years later, they remembered him. And in Exodus chapter 13, we read these words. <laughs> Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath and he said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. 400 years. 400 years later. Can I tell you something today, church? If God is in your life, I don't care how insignificant you have you've, you've, you've calculated yourself to be, how how finite but can I tell you that if God is in your life you are not ordinary you are not ordinary you are by virtue of being the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit an extraordinary individual that means that you your life your legacy doesn't have to die with your physical being you can live beyond through the testimony that God leads you in here and now you're building it you're building it today you're building it we look in the New Testament Paul Peter John Lois and Eunice the they left for Timothy a rich spiritual legacy and there there could be no greater than the legacy of abundant life and liberty that is ours in Christ Jesus I mean just the the examples go on and on and on and you know what for each one of us we are for the most part a compilation of inheritances and influences of those that we've received from who have gone before us you know I, I you, 
I, I recognize I recognize these things. I recognize these investments in my life. I, I see mannerisms and I see actions sometimes and I'm like, stop that. You look like your dad. Don't say that again. You sound like your mom. There's, you know, just, but, but you recognize these things where, where you are you are the compilation of so many people that have invested in your life through the years. We see that. And can I tell you something today, church? There's a generation that is coming behind us. And they will be a collaboration of the things that our legacy and our witness has sown into their lives. They will be strong men and women of faith. I don't care what the pundits say. I don't care what the doomsday people say. I'm telling you that as long as God tarries the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a remnant of people in this land with a strong testament and a strong witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is incumbent of the church of today to build a legacy for the church tomorrow that they can have some place to stand a sure and a firm foundation and they don't have to build everything out of the ashes but we're investing in their lives faith we're investing in their lives hope we're, we're made up of the influences of our lives and the examples set before us and Sometimes those are examples of, and, and here's something I want to caution you with. I've had a lot of people, I am the younger, I'm the baby in my family. Um, I, I had a sister who was seven years older than I, I have a brother that's nine years older than I am, and I was the baby. And I love them, they're just wonderful, my brother, wonderful individual. But you know what, he was older than me, and sometimes I learn things about what not to do. I, I saw the things that caused trouble and grief, heartache. I was just making little notes going, you know, 100 years from now when I'm his age. Um, I don't want to do that, right? Uh, I'm not going to do that because I see the grief, the heartache that it brought or whatever, the pain. So uh, I'm going to try to learn from his mistake. I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to live life by such a default that your life is the pattern for the next generation in your home that comes behind that they're learning what not to do. Because you're going to leave a legacy, and here's the thing, you're going to leave a legacy by default or by design. The, the leaving of a legacy is not optional, but whether you leave it by default or by design is up to you. Because, it, and I'm, I'm telling you, I've said this many times before, we don't get many good places by default. We don't end up at a lot of good spots in life by accident. We end up at the best places in life most oftentimes by design, by concerted effort. It's where, it's a, it's a marked territory. It's something that we're moving towards. I, I was reading in the book of 2 Kings the other day, and it says of some of the kings of Israel and Judah that all of their works were recorded in the Chronicles of the Kings. And two things stood out to me regarding this statement. Number one is for you, and I want to encourage you with this. There, there may be no scribe taking down all of the things that you're doing in an official sense. 
There, there may be nobody from the king's courts who have come and they're just recording all the things that you're doing. You may not get an attaboy. You may not get many slaps on the back. But can I tell you, just because there's no government official that's writing down every great act that you've done, there are chronicles, there are scribes in your home that are chronicling every move you make. And number two, if our purpose is to glorify the name of the Lord, it doesn't matter whether the world ever knows our name or not. God will never forget it and will not withhold the reward for the things done that bring glory and honor to his name. And if we can leave a generation with a kingdom point of view, that's all that matters. If, if my life is a witness to someone who's lost and their eternal trajectory and the, and the trajectory of their entire family is changed, that's enough. If I can leave a, a behind a family or influence friends who judge a man not by, by the, they judge a man by the content of his character and not the color of his skin, that's enough. If I can impress someone with the love of Christ, I don't need a world to bear record of my name. I need a life to bear record of being touched by the love of Christ, and that's enough. So I want to challenge you today to consider what you want to be known for. Because you will be known for something by default, or by design you're going you're going to be known by default or by design do you want to be known as a man or a woman of great faith exercise faith speak faith live a faith-filled life you know what's the greatest chasm in the world most of the time is is the space between the things we proclaim and the things we actually do Oh, I'm a person of faith until I need it. Do you, do you know that none of us, none of us want to need to have faith, but we want to be people of faith? I, I've got to tell you, when, when, when I'm put in a position that I need faith, I mean, the palms of my hands are usually sweating. It's a little tense. I don't, I don't really know what's coming next. I don't, I don't have it all mapped out. I don't know all the details and the specifics like I like to know because I like to be in control. And sometimes when I'm needing faith, I'm not necessarily in control. Right? But yet I want to be a great man of faith. And I can't be a great man or woman of faith until I put in a position where I need faith and I've exhibited faith and I've walked in faith and I've lived in faith. So I'm telling you the test is coming and by default or by design, by the, by the will, it will be determined how you'll be remembered. Do you want to be known as a man or a woman of effectual fervent prayer? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Do you want to be known as a thankful person? My goodness, we need some more thankful people. If you want to be known as a thankful person, be thankful. Don't be a person who's continually complaining about what you don't have. Do you, do you want to be known as a faith, faithful person? 
then be faithful. Don't just tell people how much you love attending church or how much you love Bible study or how much you love the prayer service. Be there. Be there. You may have to attend online. That's okay. Be there. If you, if you have to attend online, then get in the comment section and let somebody know you're there. Don't be creeping around online. <laughs> Say something. Be recognized. Good gracious. <laughs> do, do, hey, let me ask you this. Do you, show of hands. Do you want to be remembered as a grumbler? A complainer? A spiteful sourpuss, deceitful, or a gossip? That's, that comes by design. Because can I tell you, at, at the core of our nature as, as human beings, that's often what we default to. We don't ever have enough. Life is never fair. It's not good enough. We're not good enough. God hadn't been good enough. Oh, we, I mean, we say he has, but there, there again, between what we say and what we do, that, that whole gap there. But I want to tell you something. If that's our goal, too, if we want to be considered, if we want to be remembered as a grumbler, complainer, spiteful, sourpuss, deceitful, or gossip, that, too, can be achieved. It's because of our practice. You today are building a legacy that you're going to leave for the next generation and quite possibly the one after that and depending on its strength, it may go well beyond that. And it's very simple. If you want to leave a great legacy, practice what you preach. If you want to live a great legacy, practice what you preach. We say, we say, what we say is one thing, but how we live is another. And those two, again, need to coincide with each other. And I promise that the action will outweigh the words in the minds of those who survey your life. I remember just this precious, precious saint of God. And anytime there was prayer for healing, they'd come forward. Oh, pray for me. And I watched that and I said, I'm not convinced. Like, it's not that I'm not convinced. I'm convinced in the power of God. I'm not convinced in the authenticity of the request. Because if God healed her, I don't know what she complained about. Right? I mean, I just, I don't know, because that was so much this, just the, the, the part of experiencing this individual was just, just complaining, complaining. I said, you know, if God touches or heals her, I, I don't, we'll have to find something new to complain about. I don't know. And I promise you the action will outweigh the words in the minds of those who survey your life. This is not a morbid thought, but consider it with me. I believe, again, that it's short-sighted for people who believe in the omnipotent power of God, a God that does exceedingly abundantly above everything we ask or think to set goals for their life in this life only. 
I believe that we should strive to live such extraordinary lives that it will be an inspiration two, three, or more generations after we're gone should the Lord tarry his coming. And, and through the deliberate development of great spiritual legacy, we are positioning ourselves in such a way as to allow God to take our lives and use us in ways that far outweigh and, and outrun the impact of our physical existences. That's why I've been, we've been talking about for the last several weeks. You know, you know your legacy is built when you're in the waiting. Your legacy is built when you're passing through the fire. Your, your legacy is built when you're choosing your attitude about the way you're going to respond to the things that you face in this life. This message is so consistent, so congruent with what we've been talking about for the past several weeks. Because you and I are going to be remembered for something. And for those who remember you, your life will have something to say to them. So I ask you today, what kind will it be? I want my legacy to impact eternity. I want my legacy to point others to godliness. I don't want to be the guy who held up as this shining example of what not to do. I don't want to be the guy who's so miserable that when others think of me, they can't say anything more than poor guy. I mean, bless him. I guess he's in a better place. I don't know. How long will it last? There's some great examples, good or bad, that endure for generations. We've mentioned many of them today. There, there are some that are mentioned and then they pass from our minds. But you're building a legacy. I want to tell you, there is something behind you. But what's behind you? What's that behind you? Either by default or by, by design, something is being built behind you. And the choice is yours. So today I want to remind all our dads as you stand all over this sanctuary. And not just dads, all of us. All of us. I want to remind you that there's a powerful opportunity set before you. And the powerful opportunity that is set before you is to pay attention and give great diligence to what's behind you what are you leaving where where do your breadcrumbs lead to like if others are following behind you and what you're leaving behind where does that lead them and when you think about that from the perspective of your children and your grandchildren isn't that enough isn't that compelling A lot of things in your life you can't choose. Sorry. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not sorry. But there's a lot of things in your life that you can't choose. Your gender's one of them. I mean, you can change the wrapper, but you're still what you were to start with. Right? You, we, we can't choose what family we were born into. We can't choose what community we grew up in, what opportunities were set before us or were not set before us. But can I just encourage you today that external and peripheral circumstances do not dictate for you what your legacy has to be for those coming behind you. 
And we need to constantly be considering, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like today at lunch, you need to be asking the question, what's behind me? Next week, when you hit that hard place and you, you just don't know what to do and you feel like giving up, you need to consider, what's, what's that behind you? Is there, is there a young man, is there a young woman back there that's watching, that needs to see a great example of faith? What's that behind you? And all of the things that you face that, that are behind you in a past experience cannot dictate for you what you leave behind as you move forward in life. That's entirely up to you. That's your choice. In a minute, we're going we're gonna to pray. But I want to do this before we go today. I, I want every head bowed and every eye closed across all our locations this morning. And today, if you're here, and you would just say, Pastor, you know what? I'm not really satisfied with the story of my life. And I don't know, I've, I felt some kind of way even coming into this place this morning. But today as I'm here, I, I just sense that there's a different story that needs to be written for my life. It's one of redemption. It's one of God's grace overwhelming and overcoming all of my brokenness and bringing me to a place of wholeness. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I, I need to know Jesus because I know that he wants to author a different story for my life. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up wherever you are? I want to pray with you today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Randy, I'm going to ask you to go right back here and minister to this gentleman. Bill, right here beside of you. Right there, if you would minister to the young man on your aisle right there. They're going to they're gonna minister to these guys in just a minute. And maybe you're here today and there's a great big hole in your heart. And it's a space where dad used to be. Because he used to fill all the gatherings and family times and now he's not there. He's absent and today's just kind of a sad day for you. I, I just pray the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit over your life today that you would grieve not as those who have no hope, but that the, the hope of the finished work of Calvary would just flood your heart, flood your mind, flood your life today, and you would find cause to rejoice and be glad today. But I want to I ask, ask those of you that remain, I want to ask you to gather around Dad for just a minute here. If you're, if you're in this place and Dad's close by, if, If, you're, if your dad's not here and you see somebody, just adopt a dad right now, okay? You know one thing to me that has always proven the validity of a biblical claim 
is the attack against it. And, and I'm, I'm telling you something today, church. There is, there is an attack. There is an attack against a man that will stand up and lead his home into biblical principle. There is an attack against a man that will stand up and lead his family into morality. There, there, is, there is an attack against a man who will stand up in front of the next generation and be a man, period. And, and because of that, it just, it just simply, as much as the world system tries to dismantle that, biblical manhood model and try to convince us all that that's not the way things need to be the more validity it proves to me that there is a value in a God anointed God appointed head of the house that is going to encourage and is going to spur their family towards the things of God we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.